Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And saltiness isn't just a flavor, it's a state of mind. It's true, and I live there. <laughs> I low-key have bought a button that just says salty on it, and I thought I should start doing a collection of salt-themed things for pins for things. Mm-hmm. What, what would be included in said collection? I definitely need like the traditional, what's her name, salt girl. Morton Salt. Yeah, I need her. But I've seen one where that's actually like a beautiful brown girl with a cute little afro holding the umbrella. Cute. The so I definitely need one of those. I think I need like a salt shaker, maybe punching a pepper shaker. Love it. I haven't seen it, but I might have to create it. I think definitely do that. And maybe a salt shaker wearing a crown. Hmm. I think also just a saltine cracker. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, I, I think I don't want people think I'm making like a cracker joke. Do you see why? Once yeah. again, privilege. I don't get to wear a saltine cracker without people thinking I'm calling them a cracker. Uh, I, I'm I'm here for it anyway. <laughs> I hope that they think you're calling them a cracker. If I put a piece of cheese on it, it kind of loses its effect. <laughs> Can you imagine? Now the- I just want cheese and crackers. <laughs> Weird. Maybe that's why I picked the salty one because low key hungry. So I was like, mm, salt. Yes. But can you imagine me wearing like a cracker pin <laughs> next to my husband? Love it. <laughs> so good. So good. If you're just tuning in for the, this is your first episode one. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Two, I'm married to a very, very white guy. We're both married to the quintessential white guys. So the thought of maybe we'll just get matching saltine pins i love it i'm into it if you if you're just joining us for the first time welcome if you've been around for a while welcome <laughs> you've been riding welcome. with us <laughs> yeah welcome to our first full episode of 2021 Ooh, we made it we made it we so made proud it out of you uh, <laughs> But uh, we often threaten. Threaten is not the word I'm looking for. Wow. (laughs) Coming in hot. Yep, coming in hot. Too many languages rolling around in my brain. I don't know Mm -hmm. words. We often talk about wanting to share words and things from you, Mm -hmm. our listeners, our community, our lovely unicorns. And so we decided to spend a full episode doing just that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think if you have been listening to our show for any length of time, you'll know that one, we always say things boil down to race a lot. That's that's kind of it's, it's our jam. Two, it's probably capitalism's fault. You will hear us you will hear us point the finger at that because it's true. And three, the importance of community for BIPOC is unmeasurable. When we talk about healing, when we talk about feeling empowered, when we talk about encouragement, when we talk about taking up space, which is what this podcast is based upon it's really hard to do those things alone and the reason why we wanted to make space is what we have in common of of a lot of our listeners is that they thought they were the only one it's really hard to straddle two different worlds and it could feel very lonely in both and so community 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 so we just want to take time just read just read just a few and just kind of of points that we really enjoyed and liked what some of the emails and messages that we've gotten and just kind of think those have support us and just yeah have a little chat and talk about what the future of biracial unicorns looks like 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to kick us off with an email, Denny? Sure. So this email comes to us from Farah, and I'll just go ahead and read it, and then we mm-hmm. can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Hi, Damika and Danny. I have been listening to your podcast, and I'm a huge fan. I'm biracial, mm-hmm. Vietnamese, and French-Canadian. On both sides of my family, everyone is monoracial, and I felt like I never belonged. My dad was French-Canadian, and when he passed away, my Vietnamese mom began a relationship with a Vietnamese man, so that made my childhood even more confusing for me in many ways, as they really had no idea how much my races had an effect on me. I went to a predominantly white school and also to predominantly Asian schools and struggled with my identity for so many years. Thank you so much for putting out your podcast. It's nice to know I'm not alone in the way that I feel or in my experiences as a biracial woman. I've experienced exotification and objectification due to being biracial over the years, especially with dating and working back in the day as a bartender. I found it hard to reconcile who I am, especially with the dreaded question we constantly get, what are you? Please keep doing what you're doing. This is helping so many biracial and multiracial people out there. So glad to have found your podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers, Farah. Love this so much. (laughs) Yes. Like you said, kind of at the top, a big reason for us starting the show was the representation and just being able to show that we're here. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And and we know this is a, a problem within various facets of the BIPOC experience, like we are not a monolith uh, for Mm -hmm. the biracial or mixed race experience. But I think there are a lot of things that that many of us have in common. And so much of of Farrah's Farrah's email, I relate to, Mm. you know, talking about both sides of her family, like everyone's all kind of their own thing, and you don't really fit into either of those. And then being raised by people who aren't your same mix, which is something most of us experience in this community. And then just like these going to schools that are predominantly one aspect of you. And so you don't quite fit in there. And then just like being exotified mm-hmm. within the service industry. And I know that's something that both of us have experienced and haven't really talked about too much on the show. So thank you. Thank you for your, for your email and sharing your thoughts. And yeah, Canada. Cool. Isn't that super cool? We actually, we had a guest from Canada as well. So that's actually pretty daggone cool. So we just have that Canadian connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love the vulnerability it takes. And I think when this is what we've talked about before as well of just we instantly have this connection like we've never met we never met this lovely unicorn but I already were like yep I relate to that so so very much and how you do feel like you're alone and why just hearing other people's experiences validates your own and makes you feel I guess for lack of a better word not not crazy like you not feeling like you're enough in either in either way and just by your sheer existence warrants unwanted attention objectification and that that's exhausting being just so thrilled that she felt safe to reach out and share that experience with us. It's just really encouraging. We we never want to say or feel like we're screaming out into a void and to know that our voices are not even, not just being heard, but also being heard all the way in Canada as well. That's stinking cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think her point in particular about being raised 
like her her mother re or having a relationship with someone other than her dad um mm. and that confusing her childhood even more is a really interesting point i think it's something that i've i've heard echoed with so many people in mixed race communities of being brought up by somebody who is a a different different race or your family dynamic looking one way so then people assume something else about you mm. that's real that's a real struggle it is i mean when we did our episode about adoption our lovely unicorns that are mm. adopted and the more research i did the more i realized how many parallels in that little little venn diagram there of how much we really overlap with that experience of you might not look like your family member and that really affects your relationship with them as well like we what do people always say? Like, looks don't matter in the world. Right. But there's something about within a family dynamic where if you favor, if you're darker, if you're lighter, if you're look like more like your father and mother or like in most mixed kids, neither. Mm-hmm. Um, that really plays with your head. And I think especially, you know, it's so sorry for her, her father passing. But, but that as well, like that's a whole side of you that you feel is gone when you don't yeah. physically have like with that you know you feel like there's this this missing a kind of link and no matter what no matter how happy or loving you might be completely satisfied with in this case her Vietnamese side there will, there will always be this other side there will always be the other yes yes and and I think you know that's not something completely relegated to the the mixed race experience mm-hmm and I think that that's something that a lot of people are are struggling with is like finding that connection to your history and your heritage. And it's it's challenging even when you have like a, a guide, a family member, somebody who is is there as your tangible connection, but to have to kind of seek it out for yourself or do it in a way that you're not hurting the rest of your family by like you're having that curiosity is a challenge. Mm, it is and trying to navigate that but that's why it's so lovely when you have other people along to guide you people that might be further along on their journey people who are just starting so great to have like that full circle experience because when it comes to identity in the matter of race at least for me it's an ongoing layers of, of acceptance I feel like the more I grow and the more I study the more I reach out and hear other people's experience it just mm. continues to grow and develop like I said even at the beginning of this podcast I was more than happy to say you know I'm you know I'm half and half I'm mixed but just feeling like I'm not a half of a person just through the length and growth of the show of just saying I am you know I am a white and black person whole love accepted identity but that was you know two years of growth right there and who knows when I'm going to identify and say who I am in the next like year or so what what 2021 has to offer so yes Being open Mm. to that identity shift is so important. It's such a thing to to strive for, I think, for all of us to continue to grow and change and grow into our identity and find our history. The mix that I claim now is not necessarily the mix that I will claim in the future. And a friend of mine was telling me, who is Chicano, he was telling me that with every book he reads about identity and like the Chicano or Latino or Hispanic experience, like 
the term that he uses to describe himself like changes like he doesn't even know what to call himself and I think I think that's that's probably a, a similar thing for myself with my own identity. I find giving myself the space to allow like what I call myself to change is really important. Mm, I like that. So Farah, have that space enjoy that journey you know we we kid about the question of what are you a lot i mean it was our first episode we did a reflection one who knows we may do another but i think even for me not feeling dread but we actually had a guest on our show as well who talked about she actually loves this question and i thought that was such a beautiful take and it once again challenged me to how can i make this into a learning experience how can i make this into a deeper conversation how can i deepen my relationship with this person who's asking even if it's either out of ignorance or lack of knowledge it can be a very empowering question so i'm really hoping in your journey we can start taking that dread i'm saying this to myself and i'm saying this to you let's start taking the dread out of that question (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not there yet either. So <laughs> I know it's a journey. I think it just, it's still great. So I think it's the verbiage, but I'm not going to change the person asking. But I, <laughs> anytime soon, it, it feels like, because this has been my whole life, but I feel like I can start taking slowly the dread out of that. Yeah. No promises, but trying. <laughs> Uh, cool. Let's do another. Mm-hmm. I will read one from Hazel, which super cute name. Hi, Demika and Danny. I'm a big fan of the podcast. So cute. Thank you. I've been listening since almost day one. You deserve a medal. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but I've never reached out before. I'm a unicorn from Scotland in my late teens and your podcast has been a lifesaver. My answer to the favorite question is our favorite. Oh, she says favorite question. My mm-hmm. mom's white Scottish and my dad's Afro-Caribbean Guyanese, 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 is that how you'd say Guyanese? At the moment, I feel most comfortable identifying as Black mixed race, but it might change. Yes, just talked about that. I actually realized that I didn't get asked this question often. People definitely wonder, but they don't voice it. Mm. Mm -hmm. My friends have never acknowledged the fact that that the fact they're all white and I'm clearly not. I don't think they even know I'm Caribbean. Sometimes where I live feels like the widest place in the world. So I na- so navigating life and school is exhausting. I loved your full-length episode with Sheree. Yay! It was so interesting to hear her perspective and experience. Since I don't have a Black community or POC around me, podcasts like yours are crucial. You make me laugh and are, I aspire to be as smart as you both all. Plus, Danny's pettiness is relatable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, Danny. Don't ever change. I found, uh, I found a lot of people through the internet like you both who've inspired me to be braver. In fact, using the attention BLML, BL, BLM has had recently, I've actually written a letter to my school about, the, about my experience and offering insight to how the curriculum should be expanded to include Black and POC experiences. It's scary and uncomfortable. I'm trying not to care so much what people think. Anyways, love the podcast and all that you do. I have one suggestion, though. Would you consider bringing back Get Mad at the Internet? Because I love a good getting mad session from a fellow unicorn, Hazel. Thanks, Hazel. 
Oh, from Scotland, y'all. Yes. Um, I I think she said so many great things mm-hmm. in this email. I I I love that she is out there trying to find a community. Mm-hmm. And I know, like. We've both experienced being in friend groups that were not <laughs> the oh. same background as us. And it's it's funny how people like don't want to breach it or have this like, oh, I, I just I don't ever think of you as, you know, <laughs> not white. You're don't just my color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they're lovely people and you know, but it's it's an awakening and it takes mm-hmm. some work to get there. I think it's it's really for when I when I first read this and we had this a little while ago, I got really choked up. I was so proud that they took this experience. I'm not even saying I don't really have community or still taking their experience and having value and say, how can I still use this? Even though I may or may not be supported. And I love, love, love the term. It's scary and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Could we? That's the key. If you're trying, if you've been listening to the show and you're not a person of color and you're listening to this to gain knowledge, you are trying to change and you're wondering if you're on the right track. You're wondering, am I going in the right direction? If you're uncomfortable and if you're a little scared, you're probably heading in the right direction. Or even just, even, even beautiful unicorns out there that are speaking up for themselves that are educating people like like this beautiful hazel who's telling their school about their curriculum and putting their experiences there if you're a little scared and a little uncomfortable that's pretty much a good sign (laughs) you're doing something out of the norm i any any time i have gone and spoken up for myself or gone out of my comfort zone and approached things that have been uncomfortable it's it's normally because the payout it's it has higher stakes doesn't it Yeah, yeah. I think there's something there about growth. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't grow and change without being uncomfortable. Mm. That's just something you have to acknowledge within yourself. That feeling is is almost an indicator um, in that situation that you are stretching, that you are like growing, that you are pushing yourself. And we often spend so much time and energy avoiding that feeling. Yes. To get there is just, oh, like I, this isn't right. But it's because we've spent so long avoiding that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think with this, this particular wave of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think people finally got in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. I think they were finally ready to hear some uncomfortable truths. I think even now, I know uh, before I left England, they were talking about the history curriculum in particular on their huge gaps in it and not making it necessarily a requirement. And there being a push towards that. Mm. And I think that is uncomfortable to go against the school system. That is uncomfortable to start talking about your history with slavery and colonization like that is some they're not asking and put in some warm fluffy memories they're saying we we need to talk about this it needs to start younger and it needs to be in its full it needs to be in its totality we need a whole history lesson here in order to have true change and that is uncomfortable we've talked i love having uncomfortable conversations because like we said on the other side of discomfort is clarity like I yeah. rather I I rather be uncomfortable for a little bit, but to gain clarity, ooh, 
it's worth it. Yes. There's also something to be said about being the person to put it out there. Mm. We can't just sit back and wait for things to change or put wishes out into the world that there will be change, (laughs) you know, like you have to take a stand for what's important to you. And in Hazel's case, like, I think it's so wonderful that she is willing to take a stand and put it out into the world because someone has to take that step. Exactly. Why not us? Why not now? Right now, now, I like that, especially in Scotland. We, we can't get there, but you're there. And I think even taking that in, I think also what I really enjoyed about this email as well is that community takes many forms. Hmm. And if this past year has shown us anything, we cannot downplay the online presence of community. I think before we have, I think, and maybe this is me, maybe I'm projecting, I think there's always been a little bit of shade, a little bit of a a perception of someone who has like an online presence of friends. Do you know like, oh yeah, I've got my friends, we online either through gaming or a club or a page that you follow and we talk and we have that and I think, oh, that's nice. But we think there's no replacement for in-person life and community But because we've been forced in that situation. I'm hoping the value of that has actually really been acknowledged. That's an interesting, I mean, I think I'm just like so far nerd on the other end that I'm like... (laughs) That's how you feel. Like, that was how you feel. <laughs> well, I think there. I think there's a stigma if people here. I have friends online. I think there is a stigma of people who have a, most of their socialization online. And I think finally, I think people are understanding that that has the same value because I think there's always been like, that's so nice. You have your online friends. What other real life friends do you have? Who do you see? I think there is a little bit of that, that kind of, oh, people, friends that you see in real life have more value than those you have online. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess so. I have internet friends who I've known since I was 15. So I feel perhaps a little differently just in my own experience. So I think it's interesting to hear about about that stigma because I think... I think you're right. Like in this last year, there has been a lot of reevaluation of the level of buy-in that can mm-hmm. be on the internet. And as many people have been forced to exist mostly or purely online, it, it has changed. I've heard a lot of interesting, interesting discussions around it surrounding dating, I guess. Um, oh, I know. Oh, which is can like, you imagine? I don't have that experience, but I think that has been a whole thing to the (laughs) so many people being like race doesn't matter. Color doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. those are a lot of the same people who are like, I can't believe you dated someone without knowing them in person. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. just like, how are, how are those, how are you reconciling those two very different opinions? Mm, That is interesting. And my reaction to the online dating was not just online dating in general. It was just dating during a pandemic. And that was compound. I want to make sure that I preface that, that actually, like I said, a good friend of mine who, who is single, I'm like, how, because they want to date, but they're like, it's very difficult. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't envy you in any way, but, but you're right. I, I think the stakes and the the payout is higher than what people had thought. 
And I, and I do love that. I love that this online presence, whether it's even in a, a page group, podcasting, Zoom, I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it that people are showing that we don't need that that physical presence and using technology in order to have that. I wish I had that when I was a little younger. I hate dating myself, but internet chat rooms still like you said, you're like at 15, but we weren't born into that. You know, we still had dial up. I was still getting my AOL through a cereal box. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like It was just just different in the, prof- the proficiency and that kind of instant connection there. And uh, I've, I've learned I've learned a lot. And I think over the last like seven years where I've had that stigma of like, oh, I don't know how deep can you really go with somebody online that really changed like yeah, about seven to eight years ago, when I can see people having real meaningful relationships through an online presence. And I love that that's happening here for amazing, like, you know, for people of color. I think that speaks also to this idea that you can build community in different places in different ways in order to to connect, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there can be one type of community that you build online. There could be another type of community that you build at school. There could be another type of community you build at work. There can be all these different places and all these different ways and just being open to finding it where where you mm-hmm. can. Exactly. Exactly. I think another thing from here I really want to talk about is uh, your pettiness <laughs> and, <laughs> and how relatable it is. Um, I agree. It's 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 lovely. It's a good it's a good balance. But I, I will say. Um, so, do you want to talk about getting mad at the internet? Oh yes, that's an interesting point. So we we used to have a segment yes. of <laughs> Danny and Demika get mad at the internet. Demika mm-hmm. and Danny, I can't remember the order. We get mad at the internet. We, we get mad. <laughs> where we would uh, take a recent news story or a recent happening on the internet. Mm-hmm. that we are reacting to and it was a lot of fun but as our lives turn into only mm. internet and only mad <laughs> <laughs> we decided to step back from it yeah. for a bit but i'm i'm open to revisiting getting yeah. out of the internet i think there and guess what danny there's so much material now oh, for us to be mad so at. much material <laughs> so much and i think it's like sometimes it was actually legitimately mad and then sometimes it was just you know ironicism i think so because we can open it up to gifts and memes and news stories and it was intense i think we were just trying to get like the material out there and on a happy note mostly and i think that was just for for us for our mental mm-hmm. health as well and that's okay that we took that time but it was actually really sweet. I'm like, I didn't think anyone noticed because we just we didn't <laughs> we make just an announcement. Kinda, no, we just quietly stopped doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it felt weird our first couple of episodes. It's just like, oh, we're just have to kind of keep going on with the main topic. But honestly, quickly, we got over that real quick. But yeah, yeah. so maybe 2021 is the year of uh, revisiting getting mad at the internet. Maybe it's also the year of uh, exploring some new segments. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into that. Do we do we want to thank some folks and then maybe talk about what we're kind of hoping for for 2021? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we had this idea, since we do this ourselves, we are self-funded, supported. We have other main gigs and we do this because this is what we feel called to do. But 
this year, gosh, I don't even feel like it's even been a whole year. We put in our show notes and our information for us to buy us a cup of coffee for folks who felt so inclined if they wanted to financially support us. And we have had a few folks that participated in that. And we just want to thank you so much. We've had a Jeff, uh, a Sun May, and a, how would you, Yona Day? And uh, Cassandra, uh, that decided to do that. And we just want to acknowledge that we see it and we really appreciate it. And thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like Tamika said, we we just kind of kind of do this um, for the love of it. We aren't necessarily interested in running ads or Mm -hmm. joining a network or those things that some podcasts do to support themselves. But we do appreciate any financial support since you know, it's it's not entirely free to, to sail this ship and we we give a lot of time. So thank you. Yeah, we really, really do. And if that is something that in the new year you feel so inclined to do, we will have all that information in our show notes. Yes. So this year, 2021, we are into our third year of doing the show. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, did you have this in mind when we first started? You can no. say okay. I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was gonna be like, it's okay if you say no. You're like, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't thinking long term, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that it's cool that, that we're going. We don't have any plan to stop, but we we definitely want to continue to grow and evolve to best serve all of you unicorns out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that means making sure we challenge ourselves, not just with our content, because what I've actually been really surprised and encouraged is that, that that's not the problem, finding the content and things of that nature, but it's also making sure it's more applicable and really learning how this can be helpful to as many unicorns as possible. So there's an educating aspect, there's representation aspect, but now what I was really hoping for is really going towards making this more communal and making sure that we're giving things that are not just educating, but what can we do? Because I think this is definitely going to be mm. a year of action. Action, yeah. And I think it's like, how can we help people be in a place of action? Not that we're experts, but we've also had between the two of us over 60 years of being brown. So, so yeah, there we go. So I think, I think that what it looks like is something that Danny has already been doing because she's awesome this year as, and people who've been listening, I've had a major international move during a pandemic and Danny has just been so awesome of just really putting out some great stuff and being understanding where I can add where I can. But something she has been doing is Unicorn Library. And I think that is one of the most powerful things and hope, hopefully something I'll be able to add on to in the new year as well. Giving people real material to be able to read and to share and empower kind of what Danny was just talking about how her friend every time he reads a book it really it changes it morphs it inspires a new way to relate and to open up his own identity and I think that's such a great way and I really hope we have an extension to a unicorn library yes I mean on that note we are definitely interested in hearing what is most interesting to you but maybe maybe we could have some sort of unicorn book club coming up this year that might be a a good way where we can all read 
the same thing and kind of open it up for some from discussion on it. We have done episodes on books, on movies, on documentaries in the past. And that is something that I hope that we continue to do this year as well. Mm-hmm. I love I love doing the reviews, especially when we get suggestions, because it makes me feel that we're more aware of what other people are probably doing and reading. And because I know we actually even got an email about I'm not your perfect Mexican daughter. And not yeah. only yeah, so the the person who suggested it also, I think, didn't they respond to the email about listening? She to did. The she did. Yeah. Um, I actually just had that email pulled up. Would you like to hear it? Yes, should we, I should talk about it. I couldn't remember if we read it on the show or not. I don't think we have. Got it here. Let's see. Hi, Damika and Danny. I absolutely loved y'all's review of I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. It's a complex novel that has been both triggering yet validating and healing for me. I see a lot of myself in Olga, the good daughter label. I see a lot of my sister in Julia, bad daughter label. (laughs) And I literally see both my mom and dad in Julia's parents, emotionally volatile mom and emotionally absent dad labels. Thank you for talking about these themes and issues in your review. Thank you for also also discussing your criticisms of the book that I hadn't thought about before, including the underlying white supremacy, colorism, and racism in the book. When I read this book, I hadn't thought about how colorism could have shaped Julia's mom's mom to favor Olga, the lighter-skinned child, over Julia, darker-skinned child, or Julia's white male teacher perpetuating being a white savior for Julia, or questioning why was Julia's boyfriend a random rich white boy she met. I definitely (laughs) have had mixed feelings about this as a mixed woman of color who is dating a white man. I think these criticisms y'all discussed to have a lot to do with internalized colorism and white supremacy in Mexican and other BIPOC communities. I think many of us POC, including myself and even Erika Sanchez, the author, might have internalized colorism that can affect us to portray white and white passing people with a white is right rhetoric because that's Mm -hmm. what we grew up with learning from our families. I still love Erika and her text, but I think that these issues are important for us non-Black POC folks to reckon with, question, and challenge if we really want to work towards advocating, supporting, and showing up for Black, Afro, Latinx, Indigenous, and other non-white communities. In conclusion of my long-ass essay email, LOL, (laughs) I just want to thank you both again for reviewing this book by Erika Sanchez, and I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Um, Thank you, Diana. I know (laughs) you wrote us this email ages ago, but we loved the suggestion of the book. We loved reading the book, and we loved that our review resonated so much with you because... You know, all all the things you said were so right. Oh, all your things. So good. And that's a full circle moment. I love that we had a suggestion. We did that. I think Danny and I both enjoy doing it. We love picking things apart and then having someone along doing the same thing. It's like, oh my goodness, it's not just us. Come into the circle, girl. It's so that that's it. And I hope we have more of that. So if you're wondering if we really do listen to suggestions, we actually really, really do. <laughs> we do. And we love them. And we have some books kind of on our radar for the upcoming year. But if you have a book, definitely send it send it in and we'll we'll put it on the list. I love reading. So she send does. me all the books. <laughs> and, and one day 
I will have, I'll be done raising this little person and I'll read more things in children's books. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) actually on that note, that's something else really hoping for, for 2021 is having more content also for parents. Mm, Yes, because we do. And we've mentioned this before, we do get a lot of feedback about that and questions about parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did do recently an episode in December about parenting and supporting mixed race kids during the holidays. So we'll talk a little bit more about that this upcoming year. Mm -hmm. We have our ongoing list of, of topics suggested by you, but we're always looking to add to it. And if you have specific questions, Mm-hmm. We're happy to plug that into topics because odds are, if you have the question, other people have that question as yes, well. Yes, that is so, so true. So don't think it's outrageous or dumb or whatever. And it doesn't matter if you are a, a person of color or a non, you know, non-person of color. Like We, we want to hear it. Those things are very, very valid. That is part of the growth of the community. And that's what we're here to have those conversations about. So yeah, we have also done interviews this past year as well. Mm, yes. Yes. And people people seem to respond a lot to the interviews. And we love to showcase and highlight other unicorns on our show. So yes, please at at some people you want us to, to interview and anytime, Trev. Yes. Anytime. Still waiting, Trev. Still waiting, David. Just <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, but yes, yes, yes. Any any unicorns you want us to interview or doing collaborations with, we are we're we're here for it. And I know that's something that we also have on our calendar to do more of as well. Yes, yes. And those of you who've reached out to us on Instagram, we are on Instagram. Do you check it? We get a surprising amount of messages on Instagram. So I think the best way to reach out, mm. particularly regarding interviews and those things is our email biracialunicorns yes. at gmail.com. It's much less likely to to slip through the radar there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're a bit old school with like that. That was a really good point. And I think I think something I have been mulling around with, but I don't know what that looks like is more like more video interaction face of that. I think you kicked it off with your book once, but I know we did for our 50th episode. We did a live and I think that actually might be really something interesting or take turns so that we can have like a one-on-one with somebody else and entering the conversation. But I think maybe having a little bit more physical FaceTime interaction as well to feel like a little bit more of a back and forth and feeling like a little bit more like a community. Let us know if you're interested in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll throw up a poll just to see on Instagram. But what is the venue that you would most likely interact with something like that? Ooh, like yes. keep it on Instagram, throw it up on YouTube. This is all about conversation. And so we want to be sure to reach you where you're going to actually be able to engage with it. Mm, totally. And what's really cool is that the time difference is not nearly as drastic for us as it used to be. So that'll be really, really, really exciting to be able to have that kind of um, ease as well. So yeah, I definitely want to interact a little bit more with other unicorns as well. Yeah, agreed. Mm. What else? Any other goals or hopes for the year podcast or not podcast related? Oh, non or non. Oh, I don't know. I th- I think we've both been doing some of our own artwork for the show. And I th- I've actually really enjoyed that. I like when something is very uniquely ours. I love what everyone else is putting out there. Oh my gosh, I'm a big, big fan. And they're such creative, lovely people. But I love 
love our our stuff that is very uniquely our voice. I don't know, goals that are outside of the show. I think reading, reading more and having more time for that. As my daughter gets older, I, I find I get to have more little pockets of time to myself that are uh or maybe more than you know maybe even pg-13 time to my to myself which is quite nice and um i don't know i think just i think i'd say what a goal would be kinder kinder to my to myself i think that Mm. is i I think i've realized this past year of i've just been really crazy super hard on making sure that my family gets through the pandemic okay and they feel all right and making sure everything is wonderful and not as hard and I think in that I forgot to like do some of that I was not I was not actually taking own advice of the self-care and I think just being transparent of we preach a lot of it but I wasn't actually participating in that and that's super hypocritical and we have seasons of that but that's not really being a really good example of that so yeah I think that I don't know what about you anything for the show or for yourself Hmm. Continuing to grow and evolve as a show is important to me. Mm-hmm. I would love to reach more new unicorns this year. So shameless plug that if you're enjoying the show, share it with mm-hmm. those who you love and, and know. And I think just by being who you are and listening to this show, if you enjoy it, odds are people around you will enjoy it too. So that's one thing that I'm hoping for with this year. I personally, I don't know. It's like my same goals as every year, I guess, to to be challenged and be uncomfortable and learn new things and learn as much about the world as I can. I'm looking forward to the other side of the pandemic, which I hope mm. happens this year. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, getting some space. The joke is the joke that was made with some work colleagues in December was because I wasn't going to have a winter break, not have a winter break uh, was, well, when are you going to have some time off, Danny? Like, I don't know, maybe August. So hopefully having time Mm. off before August um, is is a goal of mine. Mm, And as a friend, I second and third that and I actually uh, you all off camera, I've actually threatened her. Uh, with that and I've actually held her to some things that she said so let's see if I can keep keep Danny accountable actually I will ask you this so you say that you keep like goals and you review them mm-hmm. have you done that yet uh, no but this year is strange because it's, it's like super strange so it's a little different this year I think did you but... meet your book reading goal oh I decimated my book reading goal. I like completely <laughs> blew it out of the water. I typically go for 50 books and I read more than 50% over that. So we're good. <laughs> uh, what is it like to have all that knowledge in your head? Like it's that's exhausting. Just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good to laugh. But that <laughs> it feels so good to laugh. If you guys want a good turnover recipe, you ask me. If you want a good catalog of decent books, you ask Danny. It's a good <laughs> it's, it's a good it's perfect. It's a good relationship. It's a good balance. So Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, um shall we shall we talk a little bit about happy place and things that are that are making us happy? Yeah, we have to. Let's start the year off right. Let's do this. 
Tamika, what is making you happy? So in my new casa, I mean, it, I, I live in Washington, so it's super rainy, right? Mm. So right now we can pretty much just look outside and there's a lot of tall, massive green trees. So my happy place are the animals that are in my back <gasps> garden. Love it. They make me, so we have two resident squirrels that I'm obsessed with. Because, like I said, I lived by the forest in England, and so we'd see squirrels mm-hmm. all the time. But these are, like, they're habitual. They are residents. They live in a big tree in the front, and they have, like, a little part-time condo in a bush in the back. And we call one of them Thick Boy. He thick. <laughs> he thick boy. We say, hey, Thick Boy. And then we have Alabaster, because he's a little bit smaller and lighter. And I don't know. I think I think they're both dudes. Don't know squirrel anatomy, but we just say (laughs) it's Thick Boy and Alabaster. And like everything stops when we see them. And it's not like we don't, maybe twice a day, I'll be like, Thick Boy. And we'll go out there and my dog's like, hi, Thick Boy. Hey, oh, it's Alabaster. What are they doing? They are like celebrities in our house and we just love them. I just really super enjoy them. They have so much personality and I have definitely like, caught myself just gazing out the window when I should have been like cooking I've just (laughs) they make me so so happy and so we have them and then there is a black cat that I don't know who it belongs to it obviously belongs to someone but there's like a perfect lady in the tramp slat missing in our fence that's like it looks almost cartoonish Mm. you know how it like looks Mm -hmm. like the animal put it there and it slides so they have this one this black cat comes through there and and we we call it like ancient black cat or sluice cat and he is just so shady he is so uncertain of everything he's like he just just kind of slips in slips out and we just put in a security system in our house right so he was coming regularly like at least like i said once in the morning once in the evening and i would see the cat it's, you know, it's Detective Cat. It's Agent Cat. And with the moment we put in our security camera, I was watching it and it was dark and I could see his eyes just going across it. And it was so funny and so creepy. But then the cat stopped and looked directly into the camera. I was like, wait, what is happening right now? And now he doesn't come in our garden nearly as much. And he comes the opposite way now. So... <laughs> Like he doesn't come the way he used to. He'll go up to the slat, across the fence to the front. He won't come just traipsing across like the front garden anymore. Mm. It's so hilarious. But yeah, the wildlife of seeing like a gorgeous blue jay and robins. And so, yeah, I'm living that pandemic animal sighting life. So love it. I, I <laughs> love animals. I think they are a true joy in the world. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. You, if you come to visit, when, when you come to visit, I hope Thick Boy and Alabaster are here because they yes. are adorable. So what is making you happy? And if you say squirrels too, going to be. <laughs> I mean, I guess there are squirrels in Albuquerque, but I so rarely see them that mm. I don't even think like they're a thing in my mind. So instead, <laughs> I am going to go with this week, um, Sashiko is what is making me happy and it is i've been doing it for a while but it is a form of 
I guess you could say it's like a form of Japanese embroidery, which is about like repairing garments. Yeah. So it's like rather than hiding like the hole um, in something, it's like a way of affixing a patch on the inside of a garment and doing like beautiful stitch patterns over it that just kind of make the repair like very much a piece of the garment. And so Mm. it was originally, you know, done on kimono, obviously, and the result they call boro in Japanese. But so like these terms are thrown around a lot. Uh, What I do, I wouldn't say it's like boro, but it's probably like boro inspired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> work of uh, of sashiko and just doing stitching and it's it's unlike just sewing a patch on mm. it's a lot more time involved and done by hand and a whole thing but i find it very like meditative and i enjoy doing it and i think it makes stuff look cool so I'm into it. Oh, I love that this is, you're totally right. With a patch, we try to make it look like there was nothing ever wrong in hiding the stitch. Like, I mean, you know this from costuming. A lot of our stitches are designed to make it look like there's not a stitch there. (laughs) Like, that's half of what you do with spending your life is making sure a hem, a stitch, a thread doesn't show. And I love the fact that this is the whole beauty is to show the repair yeah it's all it's about the story right Mm -hmm. the story of the fabric and the story of the garment and because it is time consuming it's also like almost like a gift of care or a gift of love to like repair something in that way Mm, I love it's a gift to the garment isn't it like the garment is clothed Mm -hmm. you or or you know whatever it is that the item has given you love and a service and now to kind of give that back is actually really sweet and even just something now I I was telling Michael I've been so I don't because my daughter's growing out of her clothes like crazy like Danny and I talked about this afterward and so I'm like I'm donating so much but so also aware of like some of her clothes are beyond donating because she's a child and kind of gross sometimes and so I'm like the textile amount of what we have in landfills is outrageous and so I just think being more mindful of people respecting and loving and prolonging their clothes is something that should really be elevated and highlighted and I saw Danny actually has some well I mean I'm the privileged few that get to see it on <laughs> Instagram that's really 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 lovely and I thought that was so so unique and yeah that def- I mean that is really cool that makes me happy just hearing about it yeah, it's it's a cool thing and I mean it's it's you know, it's an old practice. It's like Edo period, um mm. which means nothing in English I'm realizing as I'm saying it. Like somewhere like in the 1600s to 1800s in Japan when it was really done out of need, practical need, right? To like mm-hmm. strengthen clothes and that's and that's part of it too is like the idea that these stitches and this this fabric it's not only like repairing but it's strengthening and becomes like part of the the garment makes it more durable yeah i'm into it i think it's i think it's nice and like you said like the amount of waste in the world is is terrible and and i think by having something that a pe- a garment or a piece that you love and and repairing it and keeping it it's I mean, this is making it out to seem be more than what it really is, I'm sure. But it's like, it's like revolutionary in the sense that it's like, I'm not just going to throw out this shirt, I'm going to repair it and keep Mm -hmm. it and show where it's been repaired. Exactly. Love it. 
Cool. Well, those are our happy places. So animals and fabric garment repair. <laughs> Danny, we are two exciting women and just... We never ha- claim to be anything that we aren't. <laughs> yeah, so. hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> We're dangerous. I love it. Ugh, I'm here for it. Yes. Well, thank you, unicorns. Thank we you. look forward to 2021. We look forward to hearing from you. And we want you to really help us uh, steer the ship in, in the way that you see fit. We've already mentioned, but you can reach us via email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at biracialunicorns, Twitter, at biracialmagic. We also have a phone number and that is also linked into our show notes as well. So don't be afraid if you if you're one of those people who don't mind a call. We also want to give a huge uh, shout out to Dolly Pop Art. Please go ahead. If you enjoy us, you should love them as well because they have helped us so much. They made our iconic unicorn photo. We want to thank Joseph Scott of citizens of tape city who's done our intro and outro music also follow him as well also follow so smith photography who's done some amazing photos for us these are all lovely unicorns that we just respect and love and they're in they're in the circle they're part of the community also as we've already said before at the top of the show if you feel so inclined and it'd be really helpful for us in getting the word out not only share our podcast but rate it and write us a review that is so incredibly helpful to us and hopefully shouldn't take too too much of your time while you're listening you can like multitask and you can do it so yeah yes all right unicorns <laughs> we will be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with a hot fresh full episode it'll be fluffy and wonderful and light Yes, probably heavy. <laughs> probably super duper heavy. Bring snacks. <laughs> We've been keeping it light around the holidays, but we're going to hit, hit it hard in two yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, stretch first. Yes. All right, unicorns, <laughs> we hope you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Peace. Out. <laughs>